0: Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic, starting now. Hello, my friends, my explorers. We are Exploring the Prophetic today with Ashley Ambercrombie. And she's a conversationalist, a great communicator. That's what she does in life. She's a writer. She hosts a podcast and she's chaired and spoken at many types of events, including churches. Her and her husband are in ministry here in Los Angeles, California. And I've had a hard tab around for a while because one of her books in particular was one of the first books that I saw in a long time that had modern language on how to deal with conflict. And it's called Love is the Resistance. And it's just an amazing book about really finding God in the place of communicating about conflict and being a communicator, not a conflict avoider. She also wrote Rise of the Truth Teller and she has a U-version devotional, finding God in the Hard Places has been completed by over 250,000 people. She's been fe- featured on OprahMag.com, Relevant, Grit and Virtue, Darling, all kinds of digital outlets. And she just carries something, and I wanna find out why she carries this storyteller, this narrative inside of her that I think has been really impacting a lot of people around the world, including me personally. And so I get to hear some of her story with you today because we're gonna be asking her some of the questions of how did you go on this journey with God? And let's really go deep, let's take a deep dive Come join me for my interview with Ashley Abercrombie. Hey, my fellow explorers, we have a brand new book out, and if you've ever been given a word that you're a Joseph, an Esther, a Solomon, or a Daniel, you need to learn how to hear God the way that they did. You need to have that place inside you that connects to God, that can believe for his solutions on the world today, and for his problem-solving ability, his wisdom, his strategy, and so we've written this book called Wired to Hear, and it's connecting God's voice to your career and place of influence. You are going to love this book. I want to encourage you to get it today. My friend Bob Hassan, who does Exploring the Marketplace with me and myself, wrote this to take you on a journey of how to succeed in your place of career with God's voice and with connection to Him. Visit Bowles Ministries today and look up Wired to Hear or go to any bookstore you know and you should be able to find Wired to Hear. But get it, review it, and share it with someone else. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm so excited to have Ashley Abercrombie on today. Ashley, you're a new friend. I'm so glad to get to know you.
1: Yes, same. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I feel like this is basically a podcast. It's discussions with primarily people that I've been connected to throughout the years. And uh, you have, uh, your husband is the associate pastor now at our church yes. that Shreya and I attended and I actually planted years ago wow. and Hon and Jennifer are the to leader of the pastors and they've both been on this podcast. But uh, your husband is the associate pastor, which moved you to LA with him, but you have this whole life outside of what he's doing. That's just so phenomenal The the storytelling, the conversation kind of leader that you are in the world around, you've been featured all over the place. I wanna hear how this started and I wanna hear how how like your journey of writing and I, I'm gonna call you a conversationalist because I feel like when I've listened to some of the podcasts and stuff, it's not like you're trying to, you're a great teacher and I've heard you teach at our church, but it's not like your main thing is teaching, you're a communicator right. yes. And, it's, and you've been an advocate for at-risk groups, you've done so many types of things, but I wanna find out how this started and how you kind of went on the journey of discovery. So can you take us back?
1: hmm. I would love to. So I've actually always been writing since I was a little girl. You know, my mom had me in a lot of programs at the library where I was reading all the time and different <laughs> things like that, you know, the summer programs, after school programs. So I would always love to read from the time I was really little. And then I started writing at my elementary age. And wow. I wrote a little book as an elementary kid. I mean, I think I was in third or fourth grade about how to help kids process divorce. And although my parents did divorce, but I was 21 years old at the time they had it. So it was just a book to to kind of process things and it won at a state level award so that was kind of like an indicator to me i'm born and raised in north carolina which is in the southeast of the united God. states You don't live here. And I think that that was kind of a a big indicator of like, oh, this is something in me that I feel born to do that when I do it, I come alive. And it felt like the one place I could fully be myself, where I could immerse myself in writing and I didn't feel like I had to pretend or perform. I didn't feel like I had to act like somebody I wasn't. I wasn't trying to impress anyone. It was just, this is me. I love to write. And it just came out so naturally. And it's kind of been the through line of my life, whether things were good, whether things were bad. Bad, and I was most definitely writing when no one was watching and no one was reading, yeah. know, building yeah. that character, mastering that craft. So yeah, it's kind of been a through line in my life.
0: <laughs> What's interesting is like one of the the books you're known for at least in our circle is the one about um, conflict management basically. Yeah. And uh, tell me the name again. I'm so sorry that I don't have the okay. name.
1: Love is the Resistance. And that one is about conflict, yes. And,
0: and you're leading people on how to do healthy conflict basically. Yeah. And I mean, I think of like the first book you wrote and then that and how Mm -hmm. they're so compatible to each other in so many different ways. I mean, you're not writing about easy subjects. Like conflict, when you look up conflict on Amazon to find a book on it, there's like six. There's not (laughs) thousands, there's like six. And so I look at that and go, wow, you wrote into the subject. Right when we found out you guys were coming to LA, I uh, ordered it and read it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, (laughs) no one imparts a set." So it's interesting that you're not just writing out of like, uh, just a place of personal passion, but you're actually addressing things too. And you've done that consistently along the way. And some of the articles you've written for uh, and been featured in um, they're not self-centered, you know, it's, it's very interesting. So not that self-centric is bad when you're a writer, cause I'm sure you oh, do right. that too, but yeah. what you've been featured in, it's really interesting. So how did you, how did you start to know where to write because you've been, mm-hmm. this has been a career now, how did it start for you?
1: Yeah. So you know what I have 18 years of sobriety and so I'm so excited.
0: Congratulations, about
1: yes. yes. Such a massive milestone. And I hit that this year. And as I look back, one of the key things that has helped me stay both sane, saved, and sober <laughs> <laughs> is being able to have reciprocal, genuine relationships with others and being able to open up honestly and to say and talk about difficult things. And most of us, I think, have a struggle doing that because one, yeah. none of us really have examples, right? There are very few households that are raised, you know, that are raising their children to talk about difficult topics, to deal with difficult emotions
2: Absolutely.
1: or, the, you know, the, the things we face in life. We don't know how to deal with a difficult teacher or a difficult coworker or a difficult, you know, church member that we might be having a personal interpersonal issue with. And so for me, I've realized like, gosh, we need those tools because we are able to engage in healthy conflict. And when we're able to talk to each other, like really talk to each other, that's when the magic happens. That's when we're able to really begin to understand each other, really begin to open up our lives to each other and realize we're not as different as we thought. (laughs) And the issues that we're facing are common to many people. And so I really want people to be able to have thriving relationships. Relationships, because when you have real friends and people who really know you, and people who give you the privilege of really knowing them, I think that your life begins to come alive in a way that it didn't before. And so, I'm very passionate about that. And so, that's well, and
0: especially since Christians are the worst conflict avoiders of them all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you said it. I agree with you.
0: Oh, oh, it's so true. I mean, you could do studies on the psychologically. It's true because we want a happy ending, so we put a positive spin on everything instead of deal with it. So, I love that you um, wrote this. I remember years ago. I was at a big pastor's conference speaking, and I and they asked me, What are you gonna speak on? We want you to speak on whatever you want to. And I said, on conflict management, because we should be the best at this and leading this. Right. And they're like, they thought I was gonna come in and speak on like how to develop prophetic, apostolic, glorious, whatever, you know, like whatever the names are at the time, right. whatever the buzzwords are. And I was like, <laughs> No, I think we need to talk about like I think there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of controversy. I was in the green room and it was all people processing church politics like we need to be able to process these to each other or not about each other. So it's mm-hmm. it's really cool. Okay, off of that though, because that's not what we're talking about today. I want to go back into some of your story as far as, I mean, mm-hmm. congratulations on 18 years. That's amazing.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I'm going
0: to I'm gonna talk about your story. When did you meet God in a deeper way? It may not be your mm-hmm. salvation story. And then also like t- tell us or bring us through the process of how you've connected to God and heard God and how he's led you and some of the transitions you guys have been in. Oh, I want to hear that because I know our listeners, like a lot of them, They're looking for people like they see, you now at kind of the end of the race, you know, it's not the end of your race all but like the place of success the place of being a voice, but how did you get there like how did God bring you to this journey? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that it's been a very long process. You know, I always knew that I was going to communicate. And when I first met God, like as a child, it was because no one else in my family was Christian except for my great, great aunt Ferry. Oh and my
2: she
1: would take me to church. And what happened is my parents were working parents. My mom usually had two to three jobs. My dad worked at the mill in our hometown. And so on Saturday nights, we'd spend the night with my grandma and then she would send us across the street to my aunts and she would take us to the church at the end of the block that she had literally been in since birth and she was born in 1913. Okay. So this is like oh, some town at its finest. And I grew up in that little church. And even though nothing else in my life really connected to faith, there was something so sweet and so safe about meeting God there. And mm-hmm. they had a library. And as I've already told you, I love to read. I love to write. So I would go there Sunday mornings while she opened up the church. I'd sit in the library and just felt so deeply connected to God. And wow. I've always had this sense that he's with me. And I can even remember as a little girl, I used to pray at nighttime and because I didn't have other Christians in my life, I didn't know that, you know, you could be with God when you weren't doing spiritual things. And so I very much had this sort of sacred, secular, you know, um, ideas in my mind that God is separate unless I'm doing spiritual things like reading my Bible or going to church. Like those were the times that God meets me. And so when I pray at nighttime, I would say, I don't want to say amen. Cause I was afraid God would leave me. So I would, you know, keep that prayer open at nighttime. So God could hold me and make me feel safe. And as I've grown, I've realized, you know, that God is with us all the time and he's with us when we have problems and he's with us when we are down in the ditch and he's with us on the mountaintop and he's with us when we succeed and he's with us when we fail because God is Emmanuel, God, he's God with us. And so I think the through line of my life is, is him being present and writing, wow. being able to begin to start really pursuing that dream, that took years. It was something I did on the side for almost 20 years before I really made the decision. You know what, I'm gonna go after it. I've been writing now for years. I was actually a ghostwriter and I wrote on um, nine books before I published wow. my first one.
2: Wow.
1: And then I started writing articles. I just randomly would submit to people, <laughs> just pray for a miracle. And I would be able to write for folks and get accepted in publications, both digital and print. So it was a very long process. Like I wish I could say, I just, you know, had this you know, moment that just kind of lifted me up. And I feel like in some ways I'm still in it, you know? Um, I think that that's just trusting God every step of the process and not being afraid to go after my gifts, even though my day job didn't match my dream job. (laughs) (laughs) Making sure that I felt like I'm going to keep writing even if no one is listening and no one is reading because it's what God created me to do. And I think that we have so many reasons why we want to avoid those things. We're busy, we're tired, we're overwhelmed. We're in seasons of transition. You know, people have several jobs. They're going through a lot. Like most people yeah. I meet are going through a lot. And I think that we have to figure out what is that thing that makes me feel most deeply connected to God? And then how do I get more of that in my life? Even if it's 10 minutes a day, you know, I would write during lunchtime. I would write, you know, wow. at midnight. like you just have to find the space to do it.
0: <laughs> and it doesn't sound like it came out of discipline. It came more out of passion. Totally. I came out of like, I have to do this, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. people are going through a lot. And I think of like, I was yeah. laughing because, you know, the Pentagon released the UFO report and nobody cared. Like, Surprise. it's for some history. Like, 20 years ago, everybody would have been like, you know, wearing tinfoil and stuff and talking about it <laughs> at the water cooler. And now, like, it's literally nothing compared to the transition that the world's in. I mean, there's yeah. so much going on. Yes. And I, again, going back to like, when did you, what was one of the points that like the God moments where you felt like, God was like, you're going to help communicate and help people communicate. Like what, what was one of those moments for you? Yeah.
1: So a funny one, I was, I used to be a personal trainer when I first moved to Los Angeles from North Carolina. And I was a personal trainer in the gym at five 30 with the client. And I, I was newly like, I had newly made a decision to follow Jesus as an adult because I had walked away from him for years. So I was 21 years old. And this lady came up to me out of nowhere. Like I was literally standing beside my client. He's running on the treadmill and she's like, I got a word for you. And I'm like, oh Lord, you know, what's going on? And I didn't know much about God speaking to people. Like I was still yeah. learning about the Holy Spirit and still learning that God can speak through others. And so she she told me, she saw me communicating, she saw me speaking, she saw me writing, like all these so, different things. Um, and that was a really helpful, like, huh, you know, it just felt like a, a sweet confirmation out of nowhere that I was, but that, that was something to be pursued in my life. Not just something I did when I was a little girl, but something that was a God thing. And I loved that moment.
0: Did you ever see her again?
1: Never.
0: <laughs> it is so cool.
1: it is. I
0: feel like I've been that guy. I'm sure you've been that girl. Like you show up in <laughs> someone's life for 10 seconds. They yes. talk about you on a podcast years later, but don't even know who you are. It's like, <laughs>
1: yes, like I couldn't <laughs> tell you her name
2: if I had to. Like,
0: I have no idea. <laughs> that's, so awesome. no, that's, that's really cool because God branded it, especially because yeah. you just come back to, to Him. Mm-hmm. He branded more in your identity some of the things that would bring you alive. I just think of that scripture in Ephesians where it says, I think it was Ephesians 2 10, where it says, before time began, he prepared us for good works. Man. And I just think like there's things that he prepared us that would bring us alive. And here he has a woman come alongside of you where you're training, which doesn't sound like it was your dream. Sure, was a great job to speak <laughs> to you, your, you know, who you are and, and destiny identity. I think that to me is like, God is so good. Like, he's yeah. so good when we, when we have those moments. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about one of the major transitions you've had where God played a big part of it. And I, I'm not picking any, anyone from your notes. I just want to hear from you. What's one of the bigger transitions uh, that where God showed up and he showed off?
1: Yeah. Gosh, I've had so many. I was just telling Sean before this podcast that, you know, we moved recently five times in four years. And that's so wild, isn't that wild? And I'm talking about with kids. I mean, we have three little oh, yeah. kids under six. Like, what are we crazy? But I think just <laughs> You know, it's the nature of the season and times we're living in, of course, but it was also God. You know, I had lived in Los Angeles for 15 years and we heard a call from God to go to New York. And we met some beautiful pastors out there in Manhattan, in lower Manhattan, like by the Stock Exchange. And they invited us to come and pastor with them um, at that church. They wanted us to kind of lead that church and pastor that church. And, And we made a decision to uproot our lives, sell our home and go. And it was one of the biggest, like decisions. I mean, I, I don't mind Mm -hmm. change. Like I'm happy to just jump in and do things, but for me to uproot my life, my relationships, you know, even to think, Oh, I could put my sobriety at risk because part of staying sober relies on the relationships and the rhythms that you have in your life. So I was definitely like, Oh, but here we go. And it was so challenging in the best of ways, but it was God. And I feel like, you know, God calls us sometimes, we don't always love this, but God calls us sometimes to seasons of suffering and seasons of obedience and seasons where we are called to see his faithfulness when we are not enough and when his grace has to be sufficient. And I felt like that four years we spent in New York was exactly those things. And it changed me. It shaped me. It you know made me a better person it made me a person who can rely on god my life had been so stable and in some ways so very easy and i feel like it also made me a person who's able to relate to people because i believe had i not had those experiences like i think i've much more would have been a type of christian leader or a type of person who could legislate or put a standard over people that worked for me but not, might yes. not be the individual path god has god. for them. and i feel like new york made me really tender and I needed wow. that position desperately. I'm so glad to be back, but I definitely needed that season.
0: <laughs> well, you guys have been Christian leaders in two of the hardest cities in America by far. <laughs> yes. And so I know both of them are, are challenging places. As a matter of fact, church statistics like what can I say it? People who do church statistics, I can say yeah. it that way, yeah. <laughs> uh, have, but have voted these two of the hardest places to build churches in America. And here you guys are Christian leaders in both of them. And, uh, so when you guys had the transition to come back and I love that story, mm-hmm. I just love how yeah. God prepared you. And, and then he sends you back to LA. You guys now were bringing children back because I, did you have children when you went to New York?
1: Just one. So we had an 18 oh. month old. So yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> now you're bringing children back. And what was that like making that big of a transition to a small church in LA with now children yes. and family and roots? Yeah.
1: Well, it was kind of wild because, you know, kids are so much more connected to their emotions, has been my experience in raising mine. And I think that sometimes the things that we steamroll or the things that we just go, let's get through this and it's great and let's go, you know, kids have to process. They had only known New York. You know, my first son didn't remember L.A. And so there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of heartbreak. There was a lot of like, we want this or we want that. What about the parks? and what about our friends? And so we had to really navigate that with our kids and explain to them, you know, how God works in our life. That sometimes God will call us to do hard things. Sometimes God invites us to do new things. And so having those conversations with children, I think was really good and allowing room for their grief and their process in the same way that we had our own grief and process. And it was beautiful because we came back one week before COVID Hit. And so we moved to LA. And then literally a week later, my son's out of school. Everybody's back home. Oh,
2: so hard.
1: You know, we're in this tiny little apartment while we were waiting to find a larger place for us to live. And so it was just like, whoa, God, what are you doing? And I think in those moments for me, I've had to really lean into grace and you know, resist the um, the frustration and the anger, resist wanting to lean out of grace, resist, wanting to quit, you know all of those yeah. things that we feel as humans, no matter what our job is. And I think that this past year and a half has really awakened me to grace in a new way, in a fresh way. And I think that- I
0: hear another book coming on.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: There's hearing so- the rhythms of grace is coming. You know. No, it's it is interesting because it's like, follow God. They say it'll be easy. They say it's never easy.
2: At never all. easy.
0: <laughs> but the reward of it, of being his friend and the reward yes. of walking in something that your strength, your skills, your talents can never bring you to. Yes. It's a, it gives us opportunities that I know both of us would never exchange. Yeah. Well, um, what is one of the big moments that God came and either spoke through someone else or spoke to you? That's one of your favorite moments where you really saw his nature, not just did something or had a transition over. But what's one of those moments where it's like, you're so good, God?
1: Hmm. Oh, such a good question. I'll share one that, um, okay, so I think sometimes when we think about God's voice and God speaking into our life, we expect it to be immediate. I know I yeah. do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And there is this very long, often process, sometimes God's quick, of course, but I think there's often this process that we go through with God. And I remember someone telling me a long time ago that a prophetic word will reveal itself in time. And so yeah. you have to wait, you have to sit, you have to be with it. You have to allow um, God to give you grace to trust. And I remember in a small group that I used to lead called Breaking the Silence, and it was a place, It was I was newly oh, cool. sober, and I was trying to create an atmosphere for people to be able to encounter God without their mask on, to be able to just let their guard down and really experience him. And there was a girl who was in that group and she just looked at me and she was like, I I want to share with you this picture I get of you. And she began to describe me walking down the beach in a coat of many colors, which of course calls Joseph to mind. And then she could also see me in the sand laying in that same coat of colors, like as if I was a bunch of sand. And she began to describe to me that the the years following would be a series of mentors, a series of influences, a series of wow. people who would have a deep and lasting impact on my life. And it would almost feel like they were trampling me in some cases, like they were walking on top of me. But what, what would happen at the end is I would be this person who could walk in that coat of many colors instead of laying underneath feet But all of that influence and all of that power and all of that grace would be fulfilled in my life. And so I feel like, you know, I, it, this is 20 years down the track and I feel like I'm just now beginning to see that, that I can stand in my own skin, that I can, you know, walk tall in who God's created me to be yeah. and see that fulfillment of all the people who have influenced me, both good and bad, but it, ha- it has made me, it has shaped me in God's, more in God's image. And believe me, I got a long way to go. I don't look nothing like Jesus some days, trust me, but, <laughs> but I do feel like that's been I drive true.
0: my kids to school too. I understand. I'm just <laughs> i'm like where is this coming from you are godly kids what happened um but how how many times do you think through the years did that word or that encounter influence you Gosh. or touch you
1: so many i mean i can remember um being in a job and thinking to myself like i'm never gonna make it i feel like i'm getting pummeled at every angle god i don't do mm-hmm. that saying yes to you. And then that picture popping back up in my mind and the Lord encouraging me to keep going. And again, I think that we think sometimes if things aren't easy, we should leave or things aren't easy, we should opt out. And of course there are times to do that. By no means am I saying we shouldn't ever do that. But I do think sometimes we give it up prematurely. Because God is shaping us in our circumstances, you know He is the Potter. We are the clay, and I think sometimes in my life I've wanted to be the clay, or <laughs> like it says yes. in John, I mean, I've wanted to be the Potter, the Potter, yeah, the vine, you know, the vine, and we're the branches. But how often have I tried to be the vine and sustain myself <laughs> and sustain? The I
0: can't relate at all, Ashley. I don't know what you're talking yes, about.
1: Totally. No one like, can.
0: I'm sure. matured past that, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. no, I, in all of this, I think it's interesting because I think prophetic words a lot of times or even encounters with God's love become like railroad tracks in our life that it yes. helps us to go, oh, I can feel I'm getting off. I can feel yeah. the track. I just jump track, something happened. And it helps us to discern his heart, his will, even if he doesn't speak to us or if there's not another prophetic word or whatever, there's something in our gut and our DNA that's wired differently after that. So I just love that story because I think it so illustrates your connection to God and just how you followed him and how, you know, you could see 20 years later, it was a process. Um, You are involved with a lot of, or you have been, and now you are currently involved with a lot of justice efforts. Mm -hmm. And where does this come from? This whole advocating for victims of human trafficking, advocating for workers of the sex industry, advocating for children at risk. Like talk about that a little bit, because that's, you haven't just done it in a little side project way, but you've lent your credibility, your reputation, your energy and your time alongside everything else you do as a mom, wife, career woman, writer, all these things. Where is that where where did that come from? How does it fit in?
1: So it's interesting because that passion was born in that same little church that I described to you guys earlier wow. because my great aunt fairy would Literally, we'd come back to her house after church. We'd make pimento cheese sandwiches and sugar cookies. We'd pull flowers from her yard and put yeah. them in vases, And then we'd walk the neighborhood and visit what in the Baptist communities is called the sick and the shut-ins. So that's just people who are very sick and can't leave their home or who are shut up in the house for some reason and don't have visitors. And so we'd travel the neighborhood and do that. Oh. And I think that that had such a profound effect on my life. And I can even remember my mom, same thing, you know, when the paper boy would come for his route, my mom would bring him in to fix him a sandwich. You know, we had a homeless guy in our neighborhood, um, a person who was struggling with homelessness, and my mom would open up the garage when we weren't home and just let him sit in there to cool off and rest. So I feel like there's some things that are just natural to me that just make sense, you know, because of what yeah. I saw growing up. And then as I grew older, you know, beginning to really understand the, the need for advocates, and the need for people to stand in that middle space, you know, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit being our advocate. And, you know, it says that Jesus is our intercessor to God, like he's a mediator, right? Between us yeah. and the Holy Spirit is our advocates, the mediator between us and Jesus and Jesus between us and God. And I feel like God gives us the capacity as people to be advocates for others, to stand in between, to help bridge those great divides that keep people hurting, Okay. So that- people, um, you know, financially at risk or keep them in abusive situations or situations where they might need help or their economic lifestyle coming up or their different choices that they've had to make based on their family history. You know, God can allow us to intervene in a yeah. way that's sustainable and good. So that passion was born in me as a little girl.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. I think of my t- children. I'm sure you think of your children too. Like what's God doing in them right now? Yes. That's going to play out <laughs> later. That, that yeah. He's and, and how can I partner that as a parent, which is like one of the best privileges I have and walking out my spiritual journey right now that I've just never knew was going to be so much, the hardest thing I've ever done. And the biggest joy I've ever had is Mm -hmm. marriage is so much easier than being a parent. (laughs) For us, I mean, not for everybody, but for us, I'm like marriage, I'm sure she's got this, she has character, but my, you know, kids aren't born with character, obviously. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I believed in original sin until I had my own children. So I say that because being a mom too, on top of this, How is, um, and this is probably the last place I get to take you because we're running out of time, but how is being a mom and walking out, like discerning and hearing God's voice and hearing, you know, knowing what he's saying to your children, how important has that been in your relationship to your kids?
1: Uh, it's it's everything honestly because i think that if i didn't lean into god's voice and his um sense of lead my sense of his leading in my life it would be harder for me to pick up on the little things my kids don't say the things yeah. they don't have words for you yeah. the little hurts they have that i need to pay attention to the way they'll oh, suddenly get yeah very quiet or very angry for no reason. And I have to work with God to figure out what is going on. And I'm not perfect in that. So I'm not, I've totally yelled at my kids like I'm a normal mom. But at the same time, I feel like having the Holy Spirit helps me realize like, oh, press in here, ask another question here, give a little break here, take this one out, yeah. you know, need a little bit of one-on-one time or sit down and read. Somebody needs to rest. Like, I feel like the Holy yeah. Spirit helps me.
0: Somebody just needs a nap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it might be me to be honest yeah.
0: saying, it's probably me but yeah <laughs> that's so good well thank you so much I, I kind of took on a journey of a lot of different subjects because i wanted mm. our listeners to really hear you and actually to go on the journey with you through your podcast and through your books and through your website so tell us how to get a hold of everything and what you're working on that you want everyone to know about right now
1: Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so on my website, ashabercrombie.org is everything. There's U-version Bible Studies. My books are available on there. Um, and our Why Though podcast, we release an episode every week that just is a conversation topic. And we just dialogue. Me and my dear friend, Tiffany, we talk together awesome. about what's going on in the world. And uh, you, know, my and you guys are
0: funny, which is really fun. I've nice. listened to it a few times. You guys, yeah. you guys both use humor, which is amazing.
1: We do. Yes. It's yeah. necessary to live this hard life we're living.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree well thank you so much seriously for being a part and uh we look forward to talking to you again i'm sure anytime you release a book or anything i want to hear about it because the the two that you already have released that i've read are phenomenal we didn't even get into the storyteller one but i'm going to encourage our listeners all things ashley amber Crumbly, find them be a part and thanks for being on today
1: thank you so much for having me sean i really appreciate your work in the world.
0: Do you wanna be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation, and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transiting God Mentoring, where you'll receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsandministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com, where we wanna resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.